what has inner significance to us. Like, I, I love that one of like, what would make you weary to not say this? Like, what would kind of just, what would kind of fuck you up on some level if you didn't, if you didn't express this thought, this feeling and what you know about it? Mm. from your life, from your experience, if you didn't say this. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Everybody. Welcome to the late night hour on Way of the Artist podcast. <laughs> <We're>, oh <man. laughs> I, I felt like I had to do it. Normally we do these kind of like afternoons that we record, but uh, you know, tonight we got a late we got a late night record session and I felt like, you know, just like gotta get that warm well I hopefully hopefully kind of a warm, warm sound to the to the night. As we just ruin someone's Wednesday morning. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh God, no! Why did he do that? I love the show. I hate the intros. Um, <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Uh, we're uh, we're doing another one of uh, uh, another entry in our artist wisdom series, and uh, we're going back to uh, some ancient Greeks. You know, it's like we did one from. Socrates I think the Socrates was like our first it was like the first one that we did and we haven't done too many of these but here we are we're back with the ancient Greeks because they had uh, they had lots of lots of great stuff to say um, and so the quote in sort of not question but the quote in exploration for our conversation tonight uh, goes as follows the aim of art is to represent not the outward appearance of things, but their inward significance. Should I say it again? <laughs> Sometimes it's yeah, always do it good one more time. The do aim of time. art is to represent not the outward appearance of things, but their inward significance. And once more, that was a guy uh, by the name of Aristotle. <laughs> Aristotle. <laughs> 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 wow, it is late, isn't it? Um, um, yeah, I know. Full of full of gems like that all tonight. We're we're in for a treat, folks. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, something I'll start with. I, I'm really working some of my some of my writing, um, publishing a blog that's going to be coming out here in the fall. I guess technically it's already out, but um, it'll be more public. And um, something that I I've been working a lot on with filmmakers. I talk about screenwriters a lot, but filmmakers in particular is, uh, um, trying not like, like trying to help people see that there's more to art than trying to like, look good or look cool. Something I find this happens with writers a lot as well. And I'm sure with actors, I'm sure with musicians, although I know very little about the musician experience, but I I've seen it with actors. I've definitely seen it with screenwriters, but I've seen it more. I'd say even with filmmakers and it's this kind of like 
people get so impressed with what you can do with the camera and how, how you can do the lighting and how you can make things look and the razzle dazzle of effects and, and the visual, all of that. Right. And, and I think what a lot of filmmakers miss as they're, as they're going about these wonderfully incredible technical skills they're developing is they miss that it's not so much about this outward appearance. It's actually about like, what, where's that coming from? And like, Mm -hmm. from, from, for what purpose, for what reason? Uh, And I think that the reason partly why people don't do it is one, they don't know. And, and that's, that's fair. I, I understand that. So I'm bringing that to light, but secondly, people knowingly avoid doing it because it's, 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 uh, sometimes uncomfortable because because it, it means you have to back up your work. It means you have to think about it. And it, sometimes it means you have to feel things you don't always want to feel. And I think it's a, a unfortunate thing because you, you think you're getting away with it when you're doing it, but then when you get your final product or when you kind of move through the stages of it, you're like, well, you know, why isn't anyone noticing my film or why am I not winning the awards or, you know, why didn't I get accepted to the film festival and that type of stuff? And it's like, well, because it's lacking a certain element that these things have that you kind of, you, you kind of dodged it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this quote kind of brings that up for me a little bit. It's like, you know, the outward appearance is beautiful and magical as that might be. It doesn't fool everybody. And I would say it actually fools a lot less people than you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't think that everybody who knows that something's off knows why it's off, but they just know it just doesn't have that depth. It just doesn't have something. And, and they, yeah. they couldn't put their finger on it, but they just know it. And it's like a feeling or a sense we have. Yeah. I think that especially with, within something like film, uh, one of the metrics that I have for that is, do you remember it? Did, yeah. did it did it leave any lasting impression on you and uh and if it didn't then it's it's very often it's because it's it's lacking that genuine that inner significance it may have hit you with a ton of you know razzle dazzle and special effects it could it can deliver all kinds of other things but um it's all kind of ultimately forgettable like there's tons of of especially in recent years of giant blockbuster movies that had massive budgets that were i i forgot about immediately after i i watched them you know like other other than to note that it's just like oh yeah i don't really remember anything about i know i watched it <laughs> i couldn't really tell you anything about what happened in that story cuz it it never really reached into me it never really um it never really brought me to a certain place. And very often it's because the, the, you know, the, the writer and the, or, you know, a lot of the people who were piecing these things together, not that they didn't care. I don't want to say that, that, that these people don't care about what they're doing, but um, there is a certain, I, I'll make a generalization here, but there's a certain prioritization that, that has happened and, and it's not the inward significance. And, you know, as, as you were talking, I was just thinking about how, uh, I recently rewatched, uh, Inception. 
And Inception is one of those movies where it's like, you know, I it's not, I wouldn't, like, it does have an, a, an emotionally compelling story in it, though I wouldn't say that that's necessarily the highlight. But there's a very, um, there's a kind of gravity to that story um, that, but it's also a movie that has all of this incredible like movie making, like everything that you would want, hope, expect for out of kind of like an action blockbuster. Like, I, you know, that scene that, that the sort of the infamous hallway, hallway fight scene in that is still so incredible. And I was mm-hmm. like, when that movie first came out, I just remember everybody was just like, holy shit, that scene that like, it was spectacular. Right. But it was like, it was all under this backdrop of, the these incredible real human stakes that were going on and and it's one of those movies that even you rewatch it over and over and over again and and you pick up on more stuff like and and I find that I actually the emotional elements that were built into it I have become I pick up more and more of it all the time you know it's like it's a very real human story that's going on in this crazy sort of uh science fiction really it's a it it is kind of a piece of science fiction but there's all of this so anyhow there's i i just in what you were saying i was like oh yeah like there, this is for me kind of an example of something that had that inward significance but is a film that people get caught up on on the outward appearance of it right it's just like oh it's got to have all these crazy things and these insane action sequences and and all this stuff and it's like that's that's all just that all of that stuff comes out of that that story about this guy who has this tragic this tragedy that happened to his wife and is just trying to get home to his kids you know mm-hmm. it's like it, it yeah. all it comes it all of the the crazy hall, hallway fight scene you know comes out of that thing you know it's not it's not the other way around right um and uh, one last thing to kind of wrap up this point, I'll head it off to you. Um, the the screenwriting teacher and consultant Jeff Kitchen has like a, I think it's he calls it the the who cares test, the litmus test. Yeah, yeah. And he he hears pitches from people like he'll be brought in to like uh, help work scripts that are in development too, in like major studios. From as I understand it, um, and you'll hear all these things like, oh yeah, like people are just like pitching all of like these crazy things and like all the stuff that happens. And then after hearing it, like he'll, he'll just say, okay, but who cares? Like, why do I care about all of this stuff going on? Mm -hmm. Like you haven't, you haven't told me about the human element, which is, which is so much of what, you know, which is the crucial thing about storytelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's still the fundamental part of storytelling and it is a fundamental part of art, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, oh man. Okay. So a couple things. One is, um, I mean, that, that is kind of the cornerstone of what I, what I actually teach and share with people is that it all begins with character and, um, 
I, I'm, I'm constantly amazed at how people just abandon that idea and forget that. And, and what you end up with when you do is you end up with a plot driven story and plot driven stories. They suck. They, they honestly, they suck. They, they're, um, they're very shallow and they're very weak and they're, they name a plot driven story. That's actually any good. You'll, you'll fail to do it because they really don't work. Like, and it's fundamentally true. And the reason why is character is all that really matters at the end of the day. You can put it in any world. You can put it in any situation. Look at Star Wars. Who the fuck cares? Excuse my language. Who who cares? And it's a Luke Skywalker and his sister and, you know, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? And his father. And like, like, what the fuck's going on? And like, you know what I mean? Like, and then you had lightsabers and those are amazing. And you had the force and you had all this other cool stuff. And that's all wonderful. But like, and let's character. not forget Han Solo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Han Solo great is amazing. Characters, great character. Yeah, great character. Yeah. Well, and like Han Solo, you know, just while we're on, on that topic, Han Solo is such a wonderful character because he's flawed. And I would argue that people love Han Solo so much because in spite of his flaws and his impediments and his limitations, he's he rises consistently above it. And he's really the underdog. He's a guy that should be fucking demolished. He has no fucking special skills. He has no powers. He can fly a ship really well. He's got a best friend that's a standing dog, Chewbacca. You know what I mean? Like, But there's something about Han Solo that we all kind of feel a little bit kindred to. You know what I mean? That we all feel a little bit the underdog. We all feel a little bit outmatched. And we all feel like, hey, you know, like, like, and the other thing about Han Solo, he's not perfectly good. He, he's not bad, but he's not perfectly good either. He's a little bit flawed. He's a little bit gray. He's, you know, but you put him in Star Wars and and that's why he's one of the most important, most iconic characters of all time. And so without him, you know, Star Wars is seriously handicapped in its mm-hmm. ability to be as good of a story, right? So I, I always kind of try to remind people that like, look, whatever your concept is, you build it around character. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't really build character around your concept. Although sometimes you're going to have a great idea that has no character tethered to it yet, but it will be the character that will take your, what is really just a good idea and make it a great idea. It is the character that makes it great. The idea is not great on its own. I know this because you can actually write a story or make a movie with, with literally like really nothing happens in the visual realm, but it will be moving and it will be profound. It'll be powerful. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say one last thing. Cause I mean, there was probably a few other things I could have gone off on, but I feel like I, I covered what I needed to. The other thing is I always try to remind myself of this one saying, and uh, it was told to me many times, but it was like, they won't always remember what you say. They won't always remember what you do, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're talking about what we're talking about, it's that that's the inner significance. They'll remember the inner significance. They won't always remember the shot and the visual and the event and the plot point, but they'll remember Mm. something about how it felt. And that might cause them to remember the literal event, but it was really because some feeling was, was agitated, aggravated, provoked, whatever you want to call it inside that. And that, yeah, that's my take on, on that. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, with those, kinds of movies those kinds of films and you rewatch them and it's like yeah you you can forget 
chunks of it but yeah. when you see you're like oh right i remember the scene and it's kind of like always <laughs> with this but it's like with this kind of this sense of of delight you know like yeah. like it's um it has a, a quality to it man i've never really thought about about that because i've heard you say that so many times as well that like it's all about character and it's the ones who's like yeah, yeah yeah it's all about character like it's just <laughs> um but it, it really is and i think that you know, it's, it's, I think it's because it record, there's a certain demand that, that goes into that. Like to develop character means you have to kind of dive into the muck a little bit. You know, it means you have to dive into, again, a bit of that like unknown space, right? Because in storytelling and in and in any art really like we we're dealing with um i mean i'll I'll, i will say that we're dealing with um humanity and what it is to be human what it is to be alive uh, what it is to exist like i think that that these things are really wrapped up in in what art is and why art exists to a certain degree is to try and express the unexpressible you know, and it's an impossible thing to do, but like the artist tries to get close, as close as they can to being able to say it, to say what cannot be said. Mm. Um, uh, in a nutshell. <laughs> and um, so to that inner significance, and so in this example, like, character it's like yeah that means you have to dive into kind of an unknown because you're talking about like one of the deepest mysteries there is which is another human being you know like we're we're mysterious enough even to our own selves uh (laughs) you know and then it's like oh what i've got to really figure out another person and it's um there's something demanding about that i think there's something scary about that overwhelming uh about trying to to take that on and yeah. to express it communicate it because whereas plot plot not that there's nothing artful about plot because there absolutely is but there's something where you can sort of like you know you can figure out events you know like they're they're a bit more simple they're a little bit more straightforward easy to grasp mm-hmm. um so we kind of, I think we, we, we focus in on, on those things. Um, and then to the detriment of, you know, the thing that actually makes us give a shit about the, those things, right? Why do we give a shit about those things? And that's, that's really, I think it can be the intimidating thing, but it's also the most exciting part. As yeah. Well. Yeah. So I heard this from Alan Watts, but I don't think it was Alan Watts directly who came up with this idea, although it's possible, but he, and, and uh, you might've heard this one before, but um, it was something about if you were to look at the universe, what would it look like? And the answer is a human being. Because basically the whole idea is that there's a whole universe inside of somebody really. And it's just so infinitely vast that you would never even 
you would never even come close to grasping the entirety and, and wholeness of it all. And, and people are forever a mystery to us, no matter how well we know them, no matter how long we've known them. Um, there is always something to find out. And I mean, you know, I've been friends for, you know, 20 years and it's like, there's still stories and we've talked about this before, but there's still stories that I tell you occasionally. And you're like, wow, you never told me that one yet. And like, it's not that I'm more interesting or more vast than, than the next person. It's just that, you know, I'm very, very, very much, um, involved with story and storytelling is very much a part of my life. And so when I tell, I know how to tell a story, I know how to tell an event that's very boring and mundane in my life and make it interesting because when you become a studier of story, you begin to find interesting things in the mundane that that's the natural evolution of a storyteller and i've come to find that because initially when you start as a storyteller and here's a little bit of wisdom to throw out there why not uh when you initially start at storytelling what you find interesting is the big things the big events the big fight scenes the big ch car chases the 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 fight the, the 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 kiss the massive shit right all the stuff that really you know is obvious but when you when you do this for a long time, you begin to see that there's powerful, untapped uh, resources in the stuff that no one's looking at. And when you begin to when you begin to notice this, um, some interesting things happen. You know, uh, you you just see things that you never saw before, and also uh, with with uh, attributed with gratitude and appreciation, you can you can actually pull out great moments in life without realizing it. Like, for example, I've shared this story before uh, about a girl that I was dating and we were hanging out one afternoon and we decided to make the perfect sandwich. And like, when I tell the story, it sounds like a fascinating, incredible event. Like I really does. Cause when I tell it, it's like, yeah, but you guys made the sandwich and you had this thing. It's like only cause I saw it only cause I recognized it. And to be totally fair and honest, I don't know if I really even recognized how incredible that moment was until after the fact, which is quite often what story is like as well. You know, like the last thing you say to someone before they die might've been meaningless and unimportant to you in the moment, but then all of a sudden they're gone and you'll never get to say anything to them again. And all of a sudden you remember, this was the last thing we ever talked about. And somehow everybody hears that and they go, that's so important. Oh, wow. So amazing. But it's like, no, only in context. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and so, you know, it's <laughs> inner significance, man, is a, is a, is a wonderfully incredible, important thing. And also should be something that I think the, uh, the artist cares for, you know, that, mm -hmm. that, um, yeah, it might be painful. Yeah, it might be uncomfortable, you know, but there's there's something beautiful and wonderful in it all at the same time, you know, like there's something beautiful and painful. It's it's not, uh, and, and you kind of got it like, like that moment of making the sandwich. Let me just kind of say one more thing. That moment of making the sandwich, I could go back and live that moment over and over and over again, almost like a perfect heaven. And it's a shame that in the moment I couldn't appreciate it like I can appreciate it now. And there's pain in that, mm -hmm. but it's also beautiful. And that's, that's what these inner significance kind of things are. They're, they're, they're kind of lovely and they're kind of hard all at the same time. They're, they're, 
they're very full. They're very vast. There's a universe in that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, I, it's endless. Yeah. I don't remember who had said it. It was, um, but some person, very, very noteworthy person of history, was asked in an interview um, if they could go back in, in their life and, and change anything, what would they change? And she said, I wouldn't change anything. I would just pay more attention. Mm. <laughs> well, I agree with that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I feel like I would change things, Evan. I'll be honest. There are moments, but then I think, but that's also because I'm disconnected from something because I always kind of come back to, no, 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 it'd be better if I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and that's, yeah. that's like one of those things where it's like, cause that's, that's a, a very common plot that comes up in, uh, any kind of, uh, film or story. Yeah. We'll just say story in general, any story about time travel, right? Yeah. People who have the ability to travel in time. And it's just like, it's almost always you change anything like y- you just mess things up even worse because you change this little thing and then suddenly you, you come back and like all of you've all of these other things are gone mm-hmm. and and there's this sort of human realization that there's n- there's nothing that you could really ever want to change about what you did in your life because you just you just can't like there's there's it means that you don't know the same people. Maybe it means you, you don't know something that you once knew. It means like, there's just, there's so many implications behind it. And, um, and that's like one of those things that a story like that, again, is pointing to a kind of inward significance. And I think that that's why those stories still resonate, uh, with us and why like that's a theme that, that we continually, um, continue to explore, uh, as a humanity. Um, just shifting gears for a second, I thought, oh yeah, you know, into a, put a, put a different, um, art form metaphor into this. Um, so in acting, you know, and I know you heard this in class too, Brandon, I'm sure, you know, if any actors out there have, have probably at some point heard a teacher say something like this, I hope. And if you haven't, well, here we go. Um, but I remember teachers saying it all has to come from somewhere. Your decisions as an actor in the part you're playing, they have to come from, from something like, like not even very far off from the language that Aristotle used. It's just like, it's like there has to, it has to come from something real inside, mm-hmm. you know, like it, there has to be some, some reason as to why you're doing some of the things that you're doing as an actor in a performance. And, and I mean, I think that there is some nuance to be found in that, but you can often see actors who, and I rail on this all the time, but actors who just do something very strange and bizarre in their performance that makes you just kind of furl your eyebrows a little bit, you know, like, kind of cock your head to the side and just be like, what the fuck was that? Mm. Right. And that's usually one of those moments where it's like, that's an actor who wasn't coming from anywhere. Mm -hmm. That thing wasn't coming from any, from, from anything real that was coming from 
the ego of the actor trying to be interesting and trying to do something that they think will be in, be interesting for the character. But it's not interesting for the character because it's not actually attached to the character in any kind mm-hmm. of way, right? Like, it's just was sort of tacked on, you know? <laughs> like, it's just a little thing and pinned onto it, and it just stands out. And you just go, what? Like, th- th- you don't want anything to kind of stand out as an actor, you know? Like, it all needs to just feel real and lived in and... And when somebody watches you, like you're just you're just this human being, and then you see an actor do some sort of weird tick, and you can see how conscious an effort it is that the actor is doing, you know, to to do this. And that's one again one of those things of there's no inward significance, or if there is, they haven't explored it, and mm-hmm. they haven't and they haven't really realized it within themselves. Now that's not to say that. Um, because I've also heard acting teachers say things like, well, you can't say that line if you don't know why you're saying it. Right. I've heard that. And for the most part, I would agree, but I've also had the experience of discovering why I'm saying a line in the act of saying it in a performance. I've also, Mm -hmm. or, or like I've maybe had some very, surface level understanding of what I was saying or thought I understood why I was saying what I was saying. And then in the moment that it comes out because I was, I was, you know, really responsive and connected to what was happening in the moment. Suddenly the words came out and I was just like, Whoa, Holy shit. Like just like a moment of revelation, you know, on the stage of, of being like, I like this, this line has all of this new meaning all of a sudden. Like I, I, I've just hit this, the well, you know, of the, of the meaning of this line. So it's not always just a case of like, you have to know all of it. I think that there is an element of sometimes you don't always know exactly why, but there has to be some component of, there there has to be at some level, I think inside of you. Cause I think as actors need to work intuitively as well i think actors can get trapped working too intellectually about things and and i agree and and for and they they delegitimize that that intuitive capacity of being like well i don't know why i i have this physicality for this character or something but it's just i can't explain it but this is a part of them right yeah. like i like that's and i i i'll be like yay that that unless it reads as being being unreal to me i won't question it right otherwise i'll just be like that's fascinating you don't really know where it comes from i don't really know what where it comes from but holy shit is it is it working and th- and that's something to note as well but anyhow enough on that tangent brandon it sounds like you have something to say <laughs> always do well look uh okay let me uh, First of all, you're uh, finding it out in the moment, like you don't know why you're saying it until maybe you're saying it in the moment. Here's something from a from just a screenwriting point of view, is that something I try to always remind writers of is that your characters don't understand themselves maybe as much as you do. And mm. that's that's important to remember. I mean, like we're not like we're not always all totally self-aware. And like I, I mean I, I had an example of this happen to me like just a couple of weeks ago where someone 
someone did something or said something or whatever. And, and I kind of responded a little bit like, uh, just to kind of give it the most brief way is just kind of like, fuck you. And I thought about it later and I thought about my response and the way I acted the way I behaved and how I interpreted it. And I was like, well, you know, maybe they didn't actually mean it. Like I interpreted it. Like they said it, but like I perceived it away. That may not be really what was going on there. And I, uh, something that like when I was younger, like as a kid, I mean, young as a kid, like I had two older brothers and I had like my, my father was very dominant and, uh, you know, basically like everybody just kind of told me what to do. It's like, we're doing this, we're doing that. And I didn't really have a say, you know, and I got bossed around. I got pushed around a lot. So I don't like that now as an adult, right? I don't like it when people tell me what to do. I don't like it when they say it's my way or the highway or any of that bullshit. It fucking pisses me off quite frankly. Um, and I really literally like, cause I'm a grown adult now. If someone says it's my way or the highway, I go take the fucking highway. Like that is my literal thought. Take the fucking highway. I'm fucking out. Don't ever fucking give me that. Mm. Like never. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like, I'm not going to be bullied. I'm not going to be pushed around. I'm not going to happen, but, um, I might be interpreting it as my way or the highway. And really they're not saying that, but I'm interpreting it that way. So mm. my, my natural response, if I was acting in a scene and I interpreted it that way and I said, you know, fuck you or whatever I say, or I say like, you know, something else, but really what I mean is fuck you. Um, that's fine because it's true for what I think I understand in that moment. But mm -hmm. then you're doing a, like, this happens in theater. And I know you've had this experience. You're just talking about it. I've had it too, where you're, you're doing a play and you're doing the third night or the fifth night or whatever. And all of a sudden you get to that line, you say that line, but as you're saying it, it's not fuck you. It's I love you. And you're like, holy shit, I never realized what I was saying until right now. It's yeah. like your, your interpretation of it as an actor, it's, it's, it's true but profound because mm -hmm. it shocked you because you didn't even know until you hit that moment. But I mean, like, I try to remind screenwriters of that because screenwriters sometimes, uh, actors, if they're, if they're really committed to their job, they have the luxury of being in the moment. Whereas act like writers sometimes have too much time to think mm. and that can actually get in their way. And so I always try and encourage writers, like just write the fucking scene, just write the scene. Don't stop. Don't think about it. Don't edit it. Just let it, let it unfold. Because when you sit there and you go, well, what could they say? And what could be creative? You, you're, you're, you're trying to find outward significance. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to dress it. Right. Whereas mm -hmm. like, um, a lot of the time, the character just, they don't have to say anything fancy, you know? Hey, everybody, this is Evan, and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Yeah, I, I'm just like, it's very interesting because I, I do think that, you know, within most art forms, like all, most of these things kind of translate 
across, but it's just to different sort of effect and, and they're there, but they, they operate a little differently. And I'm be- becoming aware of what I think is, is one of those situations because it's not like, yeah, writers have that sort of luxury, I guess, luxury and curse of having a lot of time to sit around and think about it. And that can get in the way, but actors have the same problem with thinking too, you know, because there's all this thinking that goes on, you know, before the performance, you know, off off stage at home, (laughs) all of these things. And then they make the mistake of do bringing all of that thinking onto the stage with them instead of just responding, you know, and, 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 and opening up to, um, you know, the moment as, as an improvisation of not knowing what's, what's going to happen. And, uh, and it's like a little bit different because there's like a fear, there's like a different fear in a, it's not a different fear. How do I explain this? So for the writer, the scary thing is, is that you're kind of by yourself and you're working away on this thing you know, this thing that is this book, that is this screenplay. And then you eventually, you go out and you show it to somebody, (laughs) right? And they will say, you know, yeah, you've got something here. Or they will say, no, this is a bunch of, this is a bunch of nonsense. This is a bunch of drivel. Um, And so that's like kind of the scare that's happening there. For the actor, it's like, it's the scare is still there, but it's like, it happens immediately. You know, it's like, it's, it's, you, you're putting that thing up there and you're getting that feedback pretty like right away as to whether you're full of shit or not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not like this stored up bullshit, you know? Um, so that was just, that's kind of a side rant on, on the whole thing, but (laughs) one that I felt like I needed to, uh, I, I needed to go on a little bit there. So thank you for, letting me stumble through that one. Yeah. Well, let me ask you like like when when uh cuz like I thought, like obviously thought it, there's some there's something interesting that I think we're stumbling across here. And I'm going to ask you something in a second, but like it seems to me that outward significance is a lot to do with us getting too much in our head. Thinking too much, putting too much on it, trying to dress it up and 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 somehow make it more than what it is, not trusting what it is. Um, maybe thinking that, like, we're we're not being vulnerable. I think is is ultimately what's going on there. So like, when we're talking about like in, in, inner significance in art, like what what do you think? what do you think people should be looking to, 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 to do that? What, what's your take on that? Oh. To like find that, because that's, I think we can all recognize, right? We hear it and we can recognize, yeah, okay, I get that. That's good. But what do I do now? Mm. That is a big question. Um, and I think in some ways it's one of those ones where the question is also the answer to a certain extent is is to ask that question you know because mm. um we i can't answer that for you i can't answer that for another human being i can in some ways i can't entirely even answer it for myself 
to a certain extent. Um, but I am the only person I can look to, um, in terms of anything that I'm creating artistically. That's just the question that I have to ask. Like, what is, what is this really about? Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I suppose you might point to, like, it's not that there aren't some things to think about and processes, um, techniques, et cetera, that, that don't go into this a little bit. Like the thing that jumps to my mind right now is, you know, in one of the first things I learned about screenwriting, uh, is theme. Like what, what is the theme of the story as being one of the first things you, you need to answer for yourself. What the fuck are you trying to say (laughs) in this story? Right. Because you don't like, don't even bother be like starting until you know what it is that you're trying to say. And, and that's not even the end of it. Right. Because you can't just like, Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'm trying to say that, uh, you know, like it's like you, you can't, that's not a question that you can take a, a cavalier approach to. I mean, you can still play with it and have fun with it, but you have to be, 100% fully sincere like sincere in every every ounce of your body sincere in in asking that question right what is the theme of this story what am i what do, what am i trying to say to the audience that will that will watch this read this right that will engage with this hear this um and that has to come from something i think just personally meaningful to you and again that's why it's like i i can't answer that but i can only encourage people to ask the question and really explore what has meaning to them and there's so many things that could be of meaning to you like there's mm. like um you know, one, one thing that's always an interesting, like, and, and big questions are always great. Big questions are always great to ask in terms of discovering what's meaningful to you. There's, there's all kinds of exercise that you can do, um, in that regard, I suppose. Like, um, one sort of exercise that I encourage people to do, I mean, journaling is fantastic in terms of getting to know a little bit of what you think and feel. But you can journal about like, I encourage people to to journal about really big topics, right? Write God <laughs> at the top of a page and start writing all of your thoughts and feelings about what that is, right? Maybe you'll discover something about yourself. Maybe you will come to some clarity about yourself. Is there some kind of what is it that you wish that the world did better? You know, how did the world fail you in, in your life? Touching into those feelings in yourself um, can open up a wellspring of what has meaning to you. And suddenly you're just like, oh, I get it. The theme, the theme of this story is that violence is never ever justified 
or something like that. Me like this is just an example off the top of my head, right? But that maybe for you that that's how you feel. Violence is never ever justified. And now you're the, now you know what your story is about and that has some sig- personal significance to you and that will help guide you through what you're doing. It will help to also inform your characters. It will, you know, it will do all of these things and because you're connected to it in a real way, not in a superfluous way, it can't just be a, th- a throwaway theme. It has to be a theme that actually you connect with, that, th- that you feel you have something to say. And actually, um, I know I'm talking a lot here, Brandon, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and wrap this up with one more thing. There, um, I did this terrific course uh that uh, Rob Bell put out called, I think it was just called Something to Say. It was just like an audio course that he did. And uh, for the most part, it was actually a list of questions. Um, there was a lot of questions to ask yourself. And one of them was like, um, what do I have to say about this? What if I did not say this, would I be weary for not, mm. you know, like there's like quest, there was more things than that, but like it was things like that to just kind of like get your juices going in terms of like, because those are all questions and, and ways of, of thinking designed to, to help us connect to something of our own inner significance. What has inner significance to us? Like, I, I love that one of like, what would make you weary to not say this like what would kind of just what would kind of fuck you up on some level if you didn't if you didn't express this thought this feeling and what you know about it Mm. from your life from your experience if you didn't say this you know and that's the kind of fire that i think you know you're looking to bring um because if you're bringing your own inward significance to something you have you have at least a hope of it coming through in your in your work i mean that there uh, otherwise there's definitely no chance that you Mm -hmm. have that opportunity yeah bringing your own inner significance is is vital i would say well to go back to theme i mean i have some opinions (laughs) (laughs) so like let me say that I like what you presented as a theme option, like violence has no place ever, whatever, something like that. You said something. I'm not even saying that I, I, no, 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 I'm not, no, don't worry about that. Agree with it, but you know, like it's, but that's a good theme because it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's an opinion that naturally has conflict. And here's why that's so important in storytelling. I mean, maybe this works in, in, you know, for the musicians out there and, and, and other art mediums, maybe you guys can find a parallel with this, but I'm going to focus on storytelling because that's my main one. Um, if I say that violence has no place in society, the best movie or story I could write is how it does because it naturally conflicts with my point of view. It creates incredible conflict in the story. The story is writing itself now. So if I actually explore where violence has a place, if I actually believe it never does, then I got a good story on my hands. I have the beginning of something really compelling and really interesting. And here's the thing. If I can prove 
that violence has no place. And I'm not going to virtue signal and do some bullshit, like a pretend that I'm good and whatever, but I'm really going to find out. And this means that like someone came along and murdered my child and raped my child and did horrible fucking things. And I just wanted to kill them. And, and the belief is violence has no place whatsoever. You know what, if, if that's true, right then I need to give the audience and I need to actually explore that in the story, why violence and, and enacting say even vengeance in this scenario would be wrong and why it would do more harm than good. And if I could bring people to an experience where they could see that they might actually change their opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I would think that most people are not really sure either way. Violence has no place. Violence does have a place. We don't really know. Most of us don't really know. We kind of, we'd like to think violence has no place, but then if you push someone far enough, you go, no, 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 no. Violence is okay now. So what is it? Where is it? Where's that line? You know, it's all, it's all an exploration and in storytelling, um, you know, you can, you can really explore that with theme. So uh, an example of a movie that I love is when Harry met Sally and um, the th- one of the, the themes that it confronts is men and women can never be friends because sex will always get in the way. Mm-hmm. And is that true or is that not true? I mean, well, you can watch the movie and, and, and figure out what you interpret that to be saying at the end of the day. But it does explore that, you know, in a lot of ways, right? Like, um, and and there's some interesting things about that, you know, like if if um, if sex is always getting in the way of real friendship, then what else gets in the way of real friendship? And if these things are in the way, can we really be friends? I mean, it goes beyond sex. It goes beyond like really a lot of things. But when we explore these arts and we explore these stories, um, maybe we we want to find out if we're wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Like maybe we don't, maybe we have a belief or a thought and maybe like we don't want it to be true. And so through story and art, we can actually explore it. I did this with one film that I did and I've talked about it many times in the podcast called love lost. And like, like, um, can you lose love? Can it, can it be lost? Can it be lost forever? And then you can never have it again. And I really deeply tried to explore that subject matter. And I mean, um, I didn't want it to be true, but I felt like, I felt love loss, you know, I felt like it was just lost and it was gone and, you know, and, and I had to come to a profound understanding of what love actually was to get through that story. Mm. (laughs) And fuck, did I cry? (laughs) Did I shed some tears and feel some pain and, and some anger and things through that experience, but what an incredible experience it was, you know? And that's really theme is so much about that. I, I always tell, uh, you know, writers and filmmakers and stuff, people are telling a story. I always tell them like, don't make your theme some bullshit. Like my theme is love. Who the fuck cares? That's boring. That's generic. That's dumb. Like that's nothing. Like love it's, is just yeah. too generic, but what give it something, love? give it an opinion, give it an angle, give it a yeah. direction. Right. And then there's natural conflict in it. Right. Cause yeah, of course yeah. it's about love. Every story is about love, by the way, every story, there's no story yeah. that isn't about love in some form. So that's not a theme. That's just, it's <laughs> just a generic yeah. idea in, in the context of theme. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, cause like the question is like, okay, great. What about it? 
tell me what you yes, know. Yes, exactly. It's like, tell it's me about what love. you what about know love? about love. Yes. Like, because I'm not interested in just some general thing about love. What do you know about love? What do you Inner have significance. To, inner significance. Yeah. What do you know about it? I don't care about, you know, the, you know, it's kind of like that, uh, uh, that great scene in Goodwill Hunting where mm. on the, in the park bench, right. Where Robin Williams confronts Matt Damon, uh, about saying like, you know, if I asked you about love, you even asked me, it's like, I asked you about love. You'd probably quote me some Shakespeare. You know, if I asked you about us, you would, you know, like he, he would just, you'd probably tell me the history of the Vatican or, you know, I can't remember how it all goes, but it's just like, it's all secondhand, right? Like he was basically pointing it out. It's just like your whole life is secondhand to a certain extent, right? And then he shares and, something about inner significance. Yeah. And then you he shares share? something about inner significance. Yeah. He or, talks or about, oh, well, this wife, one thing that, right? His wife and like, like, uh, like hours, like, um, visiting hours don't apply to you, you know? Yeah. Like that's a real thing, you know, yeah. where it's like, they're telling you to leave and you won't leave. That's a real moment. You know, that's something. Yeah. And yeah. that scene, like, I'm just, I, I just got chills just thinking about that whole, that, that scene of like that whole speech that he, that he gives, you know, and that's, and like, again, that was, that's a movie that left, that left a mark on people. You know, it left a mark on me, it left it mm-hmm. left an imprint on me because it it touched on on some inner significance in in myself, right? I think that's all it is. It's like if you you connect to your own and and it has it, it resonates with the inner part because when we really tell the truth about our humanity, you know, like it's like, um, you know, I'm a guitar player and uh, I've said this before, but a lot of it's kind of an interesting thing it's not just with guitar but if you hit a string a certain a certain note right so like on on a guitar there's six there's the standard guitars six strings um and uh two of the strings um in a standard tuning are tuned to e they're tuned to the same pitch and if you just hit one of them you can actually see if you look very closely or you can just like put your finger on on the other one lightly and it's and it's vibrating too and it's so it's like i i'm you connect with your own inner significance and you and you put that out there and and it resonates with someone who has that same pitch yes. inside oh, that's of such them a good too, analogy right yeah. thanks man thanks yeah no i like that one that's really good yeah um but yeah, yeah, it's uh well that's what's si- something else I wanted to say there, but yeah, just that that uh that great scene from Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> yeah, but I think no. that's the thing, right? Is that that's what inner significance does. It 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 vibrates into something that's not even been been hit, you know, it's it like lands with you, right? Like I think when we talk about this goodwill hunting scene, we're we're talking about something that it somehow resonates in both of us, right? I mean, it's not for everybody. I'm sure there's some people that go out oh, whatever, but like a lot of people it resonated with because it hit on something that like, I've never lost my wife to cancer or whatever happens to him. You know, I've never, I've never mm-hmm. had that happen to me, but I had, there's still something that it hits. It's still something I get about it. You know, um, there's still something about it that, you know, that, 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 
that resonates with me as though it makes sense, as though it, it feels somehow real inside of me as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's so much about what we're talking about, you know, is that that's what art really does when it's done, when it's done really well, is that it, it hits a chord in you that you might not even have known was there. And that's why, you know, it's true. That's kind of how, you know, it's authentic because somehow it's, it's, you're picking up that vibration inside and it's very hard to describe because you don't even know what's happening like half the time. It's just, you know, um, there, like I've talked about this a couple of times, but, um, there's a script that you wrote on the highway and there's this moment in the story. And I would consider it probably the rock bottom moment of the story, or at least very near close to it, where one of the characters basically like nearly does himself in. And I just remember being like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, shit just got real. Like, you got these guys just hanging out. They get to know each other. They're on an adventure. Some things happen. It's fun, whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's like, could have died. And you all of a sudden, you're just like, and it's just weird. It's just, it's like it hits something on you. It's like, like, about friendship and about life and and whatever and you might not even been trying to do that you know what i mean that's the that's the beauty of resonance right and, and inner significance is you don't even know what you're doing half the time you don't even know that you're hitting chords that you're hitting and you you know i'm sure that i had that response but i'm sure other people if they read your script or experienced it becomes the movie that it should be um you know that it might hit them in ways that uh, you know are not even that are unique to even me and that i would be Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Look at that. I never noticed that one either, but that's, that's where in a like inner significance kind of, kind of works. It works in that, that territory of kind of the indescribable. We talk about that a lot on the show, mm-hmm. but that's what you miss out on when you try to like make things look pretty and you try to be cool. You, you know, you, you, you don't hit that, those chords or you don't give yourself a chance to hit those chords. And that's why people just, they know it's not quite, right it's not quite there because it doesn't really vibrate with them it doesn't vibe with them you know it doesn't doesn't catch yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's been it's been interesting like exploring this one um you know i i, I really enjoyed it to be to be uh to be perfectly honest i've really enjoyed the exploration of it um you know, and I oh, feel yeah, like sure we could probably we could probably carry on, but um, you know, then the night is 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 growing the, late. The night is long. <laughs> the morning early. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, I I think like uh, if anything, it's just encouraged me to double down on trusting the, you know, d- trusting my my own kind of process and uh, you know these inclinations, I suppose. Um, and, and, and not, not overthinking it, kind of like letting myself maybe, um, like, like let that moment speak for itself. I don't know how to describe this. Honestly, I I, I don't have the words. I, I, I don't even know how to say any more about that, but it's, it's definitely encouraged me to, to worry less and trust more, mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I have some similar thoughts, but I think I might save them for, uh, for my, my closing arguments. Um, so let's, uh, do a quick, uh, quick beer, beer talk here. Okay. 
Uh, so I am drinking a uh, beer that's called, it's a peach creamsicle. Oh, I've had from, that one. From Yeah, have you had it? From uh, from Dead Frog Brewing in uh, Langley, British Columbia. And uh, yeah, it's good. You know, like I, I got like a, I got like four of them. I was like, oh yeah, that sounds interesting. And you know, th- they're good. They're good. But um, they're kind of like a lot. Yeah. At the same time. It's kind of like a dessert almost. Almost, yeah. Like, yeah. They, like, hey, they they really do kind of have a peach creamsicle kind of a vibe to them. Like, they really, they really do. So they've certainly succeeded in doing that, and uh, and I have enjoyed them. Um, it's not my absolute kind of favorite, but it's, uh, yeah, I I'm I I applaud the that maybe the problem was that they succeeded more than I thought that they would. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's probably one of those beers. It's like, it's nice. It's, it's like certain beers. I find they're like, they're a good one-off here and there, you know, and then, and that's, I think why they're designed, you know, they have that, that kind of quality to them and you know, Hey, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm having a, (laughs) this is not craft beer at all. But honestly, I like, I grabbed a beer and I didn't even look. I'm just like, oh, that's a white can. <laughs> grabbed an old Milwaukee. <laughs> so um, uh, anyway, to give them credit, it's still a really good tasty light beer. I actually enjoyed it quite yep. a lot during this talk. Um, simply great tasting, well-balanced, smooth drinking beer. That's what they put on it. I honestly would agree that it's pretty much that. I haven't had a lot of old Milwaukee's in my life, to, if to, if I'm fair. I know it's a quite common, uh, highly commercialized beer. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been good, man. It's been a good, nice, light beer. And you know what? I can always appreciate a nice, light beer every now and then. They're easy. Yeah. And honestly, now that I've kind of been into this one, I could see myself having a bunch more very easily because it's just so smooth you know yeah um smooth and easy to drink uh so there you go um okay well final thoughts man um well maybe you wrap it up first and maybe i'll yeah sure and i I will say you know at at one point in history old milwaukee would essentially have been a craft brewery you know they would have had humble beginnings once upon a time yeah (laughs) before the commercial became the commercial juggernaut that they are now um (laughs) All right, so my my 1934, by the way, 1934. There you go, pretty much like, like, right after prohibition ended. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, good old Aristotle, talking about this one, the, the, outward appearance, the inward significance, um, and. Yeah, there is this, some of what you were saying in terms of of just trusting more uh, is really something that uh, I'm taking away with this, and I hope that everyone else takes away from this conversation because I think at the heart of this in many ways for every artist out there is that you have you have something inside you that in fact you have many things inside you that are worth sharing 
the you don't need to look so hard at what other people are doing and 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 because we can get so easily dazzled by seeing what other people do and we delegitimize our our own experience our own voice what we have to share so again like what do you have to say in these things you know it, it doesn't matter you know maybe you know I'll, I'll jump back into sort of like the filmmaking thing again it's like you know maybe you're you're a screenwriter and uh you know you're you're not really a sci-fi writer but sci-fi is really in and you know like and i'm not against people having careers and making making money at doing something that they love doing you absolutely you can you can do those kinds of things you can work in those kinds of ways um they say like okay i'm gonna do a, a piece of science fiction okay great but don't do it just by saying like okay this is what everyone else does so i'm just gonna do kind of a, a variation of what other people are have have done and are doing that's not fucking interesting maybe science fiction isn't your genre i'm interested to st- i'm actually in some ways more interested to know what your perspective on science fiction is than anybody else because you might have something fresh to bring to it and you will only connect with that you will only bring that if you can drop all of that fucking noise and bring something of your inward significance to whatever this story is. Doesn't matter if it takes place in, you know, in outer space. You have, there's still something underneath that whole thing that you have that that will bring me in. You know, like, so not getting caught up in, in yeah, those, uh, the aesthetics of things and trusting that our voices have value you know and and i know this isn't any some anything new how many people have given the the advice and wisdom to you know you've got to you've got to let your voice be heard you've got to express your voice we need to hear your voice you know we need to we do we do need to hear your voice in the medium like your real voice stop stop judging it as not being enough as not being interesting as uh as stanislavski said you are more interesting than the greatest actor who ever lived <laughs> um he's a great acting teacher for those who don't know but any uh and director and all those things but um that there's a real place of wisdom there um you have so much in you we are wise to not devalue it and we are wise to express it as fully and as truthfully as we possibly can. Hmm. Well, I think it's good that we've gone into people understanding that the, what's significant to them and their own personal experience and their opinions and the perspective that it matters because it does. I think that's a really important element in in art, you know, the, the artist themselves bringing something to the world that's true for them and real. And sometimes actually maybe even more than sometimes, maybe quite often not even known to them until they actually venture down that 
path to look into it. Um, you know, to go back to the quote and just kind of uh, something I noticed about the quote was it says, the aim of art is to represent not the outward appearance of things, but their inward significance. And I think that something about this that kind of dawned on me was like, if you're going to explore something, look beyond how it appears to be. Look into it. Try to find something inside of it that that that's significant, not just what it looks like. And a, an example that kind of came to mind, you know, I'm teaching a class right now and we're talking about character. It's a new class. And um, some great people, but like, like everybody, everybody struggles. And we were talking about the breakfast club and we we're talking about the characters because the breakfast club is almost the perfect example of this. You got the jock, you got the criminal, you got the beauty queen, you got all these characters, right? And they're all these like labels, these like ideas of people. But then as you go into the story and you get to know them and you hear their, you hear who they are, you find out that they're not just their labels. Like they're actually, there's something about them all that actually is very like, there's a lot of humanity that connects all of them. And they all kind of become, you know, spoiler alert, but they all become kind of like new friends, you know, very unlikely, but new friends. And, um, you know, just to share one of their stories, you know, this is the story of, of the jock character. And he talks about how he bullied this kid and what he did to him and how he thought it was funny for all his friends. And then he shares the story with these guys in in you know this detention they're in and he talks about his father and then he talks about what it would have been like to for this kid to have to go home and tell his father what happened to him and he's projecting like how much that would have been weak for him and what his father would have done and how that would have been looked at and you start to see this kid that was really bullied by his father the same way he bullied this kid and you start to see that he didn't, this isn't really him. This isn't really the guy underneath the image of this jock. You know, he's actually, he's actually a good kid that, that cares and, and feels and, and he's had to put all that aside to try to be the part, play the role, do the thing. Right. And I think there's something about every one of those characters we can relate to, right? Every, every single one of them. And I think that's why that movie is just so, so iconic and, and memorable and if you haven't seen it, I highly encourage that you do. It's one of my favorite films ever made. Um, but that's a great example of the inner significance, you know, that there's so much more going on than, than meets the eye. Now, you don't have to write The Breakfast Club to do this. You know, you might have a character that's a jock in your story, and maybe you're writing some superficial, seemingly type of movie, some horror movie, and it's got the jock character in it. But like, Find the inner significance in that character, you know, find the thing about them that, that they're not just a jock, you know what? And like you on the other end of this, right? There's an idea of who you are, but you're not just that, right? Like Evan kind of pointed out, like what you think and how you feel and your perspective, it all matters. And so in your art, you know, you find this in yourself, but also find it in the art that you're doing too. Like, don't just, don't just judge a book by its cover open it up look into it try and try and find something in there that's that's more to it than it appears to be and i think wonderful things will happen for you
Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.